Brigham and Women's Hospital. Here's what I found for Brigham and Women's Hospital. Yasser Batalvi is a 24-year-old political strategist. In mid-October, he drove to the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, and got his first shot of either a COVID-19 vaccine or a placebo. I felt so helpless. I mean, this pandemic really has affected everybody's lives so significantly. Yasser is a participant in Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine trial. He signed up for the trial in July and got the call to come in a few months later. It was what I had to do. It felt like a civic duty. I mean, I got the call and I was like, it's public service. I have to do it because I think mass scale vaccination is really the only realistic way out of the pandemic that we're in. Thanks to the hard work of scientists and also the courage of tens of thousands of volunteers like Yasser, we are getting closer to a COVID-19 vaccine. As you probably know by now, two companies, Moderna and Pfizer, have already applied for emergency use authorizations for their vaccines. And in the coming weeks, the Food and Drug Administration will make a decision in each case. The companies are preparing to ship millions of doses of their vaccines as soon as they are authorized. And that means that pretty soon, some of us could be getting the real deal. Now, both Pfizer and Moderna's candidates use mRNA technology that's never been used before in an FDA-approved vaccine. And that has some people nervous. So today I asked Yasser to walk us through what it was like to get an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine and also help answer some of the questions on many people's minds. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. So I was one of the last people enrolled at the Brigham and Women's Hospital here in Boston. And I went through a bunch of different screening questionnaires with folks who were running the study. And once I went through all those, they decided to call me in. When Yasser got to the hospital that day in October, he first had to go through a series of tests. They do, you know, health screenings, vitals. They discuss any types of medication you might be on, any allergies you might have. Then they go through like a 22-page consent form, and they talked about the range of potential side effects. When you're going through this whole process, Yasser, um, 22-page consent form, hearing about all the potential side effects, knowing that you're trialing something that, you know, we don't have a lot of data on at the time, did you have any second thoughts before taking it? Honestly, Sanjay, yes. I asked a very frank question to the doctor that was walking me through this, and I said, look, I mean, how many people actually experience these side effects? And are there others? She ended up telling me, look, this is an untested vaccine. The side effects can range from nothing to death. And at the end of the day, that's kind of why clinical trials like this exist. Yasser was taking a big risk here. At that time, nobody knew how the vaccine would really work out. The thing is, I didn't even tell my parents that I had enrolled in the trial. I had told my friends and other people, but I just knew that they would be nervous for me, especially at the early stage when I decided to enroll, just because we didn't have the numbers. But I told them the day after I got my second dose, because at that point there was no going back. And I think they were pretty alarmed, but at the end of the day, they realized the importance of it. When, when you were you know, going through the consent process and then received this vaccine, did you worry about longer term side effects? Sanjay, I mean, I gave it a lot of thought. 
And the only thing that gave me some calm was trying to research the actual vaccine, trying to understand how mRNA vaccines work. So let me explain the science a little bit here. The mRNA, which stands for messenger RNA, is a type of genetic sequence. Both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine use this technology. If either of these vaccines are authorized, it will be the first time that mRNA technology is being used in humans outside of a clinical trial. So here's what happens. The mRNA, this genetic code, carries the instructions inside your body telling cells to make whatever protein you want. In this case, making the spike protein that the viruses use to enter our cells. Once the instructions are delivered, our cells will start making the spike protein and this will trigger our immune system to respond by making antibodies because it recognizes that this spike protein is foreign, doesn't belong in our body. And this is what it felt like, according to Yasser. When you got the first shot, Yasser, what did it feel like? Did did it hurt even going in? The actual injection felt at first just like a flu shot, which is basically just a little pinch in the side of your arm. I didn't know whether I was receiving a, a real dose or a placebo, but it felt very normal. And then 30 minutes later, I had a little bit of stiffness, uh, muscle soreness in my left arm. Typically, you know, side effects I would expect from a flu shot. That evening, the stiffness in his arm got a little bit worse. But apart from that, Yasser said he felt fine. It's soreness. I mean, it's like you're punched in the arm, basically. So you kind of want to keep it still. You don't want to move it too much. But it's a very dull sort of aching pain. Now, remember, both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines require two doses a few weeks apart. The first dose sort of primes the immune system to produce antibodies to the virus, and the second one re-exposes the immune system in order to try and boost that immunity. So the body mounts what we hope will be a lasting immune response. A few weeks later, when Yasser went in for his second shot, things got a little bit more difficult. That evening was rough. I mean, I developed a low-grade fever and fatigue and chills and all. So I was out for about a day. If you had had those sorts of side effects that you just described after your first shot, do you think you would have been less inclined to get the second shot? I had signed up for the trial knowing that I was going to want to go through it regardless of what the potential side effects were. But I can imagine if you're just someone who you know, isn't really even that exposed, or perhaps you're staying home, you hear about these side effects, you might be discouraged from taking a second dose. But people should remember that it does not last long. And the potential of folks not getting this vaccine and actually infecting people with COVID, those effects last a lot longer and they can be life or death. Do you feel anything now? It's been over a month, I think, based on your calendar. Are you totally, totally 100% now? 100%. I was 100% the morning after my second dose. I feel better than ever. One of the biggest concerns right now is that side effects, like the ones Yasser was describing, the fatigue, muscle pain, fevers, and chills, that those side effects might deter people from getting their second dose. I know it can be scary, but those side effects you might experience don't mean you're getting infected or actually falling sick. It just means the vaccine is working by ramping up your immune system. Here's Dr. Paul Offit, a member of the FDA's COVID-19 Vaccine Advisory Committee. 
When you make an immune response, you can occasionally have symptoms that are associated with that immune response, like low-grade fever or headache or muscle pain or fatigue. That's okay. That means your immune response is working for you. You should feel good about that. And it shouldn't really be any difficulty coming back for that second shot, knowing that you're now in a much better position to fight off this awful virus, which has killed more than 250,000 people and can cause a lot of long-term effects. Even then, only some people who get the vaccine will actually experience those side effects. Here's Monsef Slawi, chief scientific advisor of Operation Warp Speed. That's the White House's COVID-19 vaccine program. Maybe 10, 15 percent of the subjects immunized have quite noticeable side effects that usually last no more than 24, 36 hours and uh, resolve. Most people will, will have much less noticeable side effects. That, frankly, in comparison to a 95% protection against uh, an infection that can be deadly or significantly debilitating, I think is an appropriate balance. We now know from the preliminary data that's been released that the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are about 95% effective, and neither have led to any major safety concerns in the first two months after participants got their second shot. We also know that you can't get infected from these vaccines because they don't actually contain the virus. They just contain the genetic code for the spike protein. And even though they use mRNA technology, which is a genetic vaccine, they're not actually altering our DNA or creating some sort of mutation. What we don't know yet, though, is if there are going to be any long-term safety issues. We also don't know how the vaccine will work in children because we don't have any test results on them yet. These are all things that we still need to watch out for. That's why we put together with the FDA and the CDC very active pharmacovigilance systems to assess those longer-term side effects. We predict that they will be very, very infrequent, but they may exist and we learn as we go. Vaccine trials don't end with an emergency use authorization. Drug makers will still have to get full FDA approval, so the drug companies will continue to collect data and monitor volunteers like Yasser for another two years. So for the better part of two years, I'm going to have to go in at, you know, intermittent times to get blood drawn, to get physicals, you know, um, so that it's essentially we can find out how long potential immunity to COVID might last. What, what would you say to people having gone through this trial? What would you say to people who are still hesitant? I would say please don't buy into folks who are trying to politicize this process. At the end of the day, the people at the FDA who are going to be looking at this data and who are potentially going to approve any vaccine, they are career scientists. And so I want them to be able to trust the science and do their research. Don't listen to everything you hear on social media. You know, get your news from reliable, trusted sources. And you're going to notice that any vaccine that's approved is not going to be approved if it's not safe and effective. Question I always get as a doctor um, is, would I recommend the same sort of thing for my own parents, for my mom, my dad. How about you? My sister actually just, she gave birth last night. She's been pregnant since March. And wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, to twins, a boy and a girl. And I was talking to my mom last night and she said that she was just so upset that she couldn't be there, you know, in the hospital. That's just such a minor thing. But if you think about it, people's lives are, are being changed in such significant ways. I mean, you watch on the news people literally dying alone. I think a vaccine that's credible, that's safe, that's effective, it really is the only way out of this. 
I hope once this vaccine comes out, uh, people feel confident taking it. I mean, I'm right here. I took the vaccine. It was all right. I think we can get through this. Coincidentally, Yasser's next follow-up appointment is this Thursday, December 10th. That's the same day when one of the FDA's advisory committees will meet and make a recommendation to the FDA about Pfizer's vaccine. If the next day a vaccine is authorized and your parents ask you, should I take this, Yasser, what would you tell them? Absolutely. I would tell them that they should take it as soon as possible. We may be very close to the authorization of the first COVID-19 vaccine. It's amazing. It's worth celebrating. But we also have to remember that we're still in the early days. More data is going to be collected and more vaccines are going to be developed. But no matter what, a vaccine isn't going to be some sort of magic light switch that will put an end to the pandemic overnight. We still all have to do our part until enough people get vaccinated and that we achieve that herd immunity. And that's probably likely not going to happen until the summer or fall of next year. So we got to stick with this and be in it together for some time to come. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.